0: I don't need silver And I don't need gold I don't need the things of this world To satisfy my soul But I need Jesus And all He can give Is He's my salvation He's all I need when my time will come. I cross that river when my life here is done. He fought the battle, victory's been won. He's all I need. I don't need fortune. I don't need fame And I don't care if anyone ever Even knows my name Cause I know Jesus Jesus loves me And that's all that matters Cause he is the master And he's my everything all I need when trials come. He's all I need when there's nowhere to turn. When I'm in trouble, caught in a storm, takes care of me. He's all I need when my time will come. i cross crossed that river when my life here is done. As he fought the battle Victory's been won He's all I need Amen. Oh,
1: Thank you, Miss Yoakum. I want to preach this morning to you a little bit and uh, out of the book of Luke, if you take your Bible and turn to Be Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. It is good to be saved. Amen. Amen. We say that a lot of times, and but it is good. And the man was talking about the condition that the world is in today but i want to focus this morning on the condition you're in today so we can find negative things and negative things in this world and we are definitely dwelling in a land of desperation but we're also dwelling in a land of desperation in our own hearts spiritually now you can't get a crowd this size together and not run into a group of people that are struggling spiritually it's just that way. Whether it's in their own personal life or whether they're dealing with folks uh, in their lives, uh, everyone is struggling. When I first got hurt they took me to the hospital, uh, you know, I could speak, but I couldn't speak real good. And they, uh, they put tubes into my throat and Uh, that went down uh, to help me breathe and uh, they did all these types of things to me and I I couldn't quite communicate with them and they didn't they didn't know what's going on and so what they they had to do is uh, one of the first things they do is they had to they had to strip all my clothes off of me I was in the military at the time so they cut my uniform off of me you know sometimes that's a good way to start uh, if you're going to uh, get a good diagnosis is to get a good look at someone Amen? And so sometimes you have to cut the uniform off because what that uniform is is usually uh, the, what everyone else sees about us. That's our uniform, what we want them to see. Amen. Amen? And so sometimes the Lord has to come along and He has to cut all of those worldly things off of us and, and, and bear us there. The second thing that they did is they took and they put me in a, in a big MRI and, and it started from the head to the toe and they ran it from the front to the back. They wanted to find out why my legs weren't moving. Uh, they didn't know if I had a brain injury. They didn't know if I had spinal injury. They didn't know what exactly the problem was. And so they wanted to get a good look on the, the inside. Amen. That's what God does. Yeah. He comes along and he looks on the inside. You know why people don't like to go to church? It's for the same reason they don't like to go to the doctor. They don't want to be diagnosed. Sometimes we know we've got a problem and we don't want to know what the problem is. Sometimes we can't get help until we admit ourselves we do have a problem. And it takes some time. Amen? I'm going to talk about some people that are dwelling in a a land of desperation this morning. I'm going to read down through here eight verses. Uh, Look at uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 40. I'm going to read down through here. It says in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had, only, uh, for he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for just the chance, the opportunity, Lord, to come before you and offer some prayer requests to you, Lord. We know you are a good God. You've done so much for us, Lord. You have taken care of us. You've saved us. Uh, Lord, you've made a home in heaven for us. Lord, we know you will return for us one day. Father, we thank you for all those things. But now, Lord, we pray that you look on the inside, look at our hearts, examine us, Lord. Tell us what's wrong with us. Help us, Lord. We really need you this morning. Father, I pray that you come and you speak to hearts this morning individually. And Father, that no one leaves here without... First, knowing who you are as the Savior. And Father, that one lost doesn't leave here without knowing you. And two, Lord, that those seeking to get help leave here with help today. God, we love you. We thank you for your mercy. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Back in, uh, you don't have to turn there for uh, sake of time. Um, back in Matthew. You want to read it later on. Back in Matthew 23, you have uh, Jesus and he's dealing with the Pharisees. And you've got the marks of the Pharisee. And around uh, to, uh, the verse eight, uh, 13, Jesus denounces woe upon the Pharisees. Some of that he says, woe unto the scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 14, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses. And 15, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass, uh, compass the sea and land to make one uh, proselyte. Verse 16, Woe unto you, ye blind guides. Uh, verse 17, You fools uh, and blind. And so he, he's really given the Pharisees a, a down the road here on their spiritual condition. And, and, and here we have in uh, Luke... Eight, 40, and when it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received Him, for they were all waiting for Him. Amen. I mean, that. first of all, it starts out great. I mean, we're, we're, Jesus is coming and everybody's excited. Amen? Amen? We've lost that in our churches today. Amen. We've let a whole group of, of people quiet our voices down. I'm excited that Jesus could show up today. Amen. I hope He shows up in your heart today. I pray that He comes today and takes us out of here. But I pray more than anything is that He he gives you what you're looking for today. Amen? And I'm excited about that. And you should be excited about that. And in verse 41 it says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. Man, he just was laid out not long ago. He was called a blind Pharisee amen in fact they hated jesus so much for what they said about the rulers of the synagogue they wanted to stone him they wanted to put him to death but here jarius is jarius is dwelling in a land of desperation he's got a daughter that's 12 years old sick when my son was about four years old i guess somewhere around around there my youngest son he developed a real bad cough and we didn't, uh, took him to the doctor and they kept saying, oh, he's fine, it's just allergies. And, you know, we took him back again and said, these, you know, uh, he's coughing, he's sick, and he's just, and they said, no, just allergies. And so finally, after about three or four days, we took him back and we said, this isn't just allergies. That's how we kind of had to finally get it through to him. He's really sick. We know we're with him all the time. We can see it. And she rolled her eyes, and she said, well, if it'll make you feel better, we'll send him to the hospital for an x-ray. I said, sounds good to me. And come to find out, he had, uh, I guess, aspirated and had gotten pneumonia, and, and, and his lung was full of this, uh, like, gel. I don't even know how to even explain it. it was, it's, and he had to go right to the hospital to have surgery. And so it went from an allergy... To now we 're opening up his lungs, pretty serious. I can remember after we got him to the hospital, and of course his mother with him. I can remember uh, after we talked to the doctors and they 've decided what they were going to do. I can remember going out into the into the hallway and just I just started crying and just said, Oh Lord, oh Lord." If you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what Jarius has done here. A ruler of the synagogue. A Pharisee. He was somebody in the community. And now he's on his knees. Lord, Lord i got a 12-year-old daughter. Lord, you've got to do something. Jairus humbled himself that day. He said, I need your help. I wish to God more Christians would cry out to the Lord and say, I need your help like that, Lord. It's not for my kids. It's for me. I need your help today, Lord. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. I just, I picture Jesus just looking down at him and going, in his mind, thinking, didn't I just preach all those woes to you and the rest of those men not long ago? And Jesus going, come on, come on, let's go. It's let's going down to a down to your house. Because that's how Jesus receives you. You ever been there? I have. Yes. Amen. As a Christian, Lord, I need you. I've gotten away from you a little bit, Lord. I got my tie on. And my shoes are polished and got my Bible in my arm. Lord, in my heart, I've gotten away from you. Could you come down to the house and heal me? You know, he's never failed. He always goes, come on. What a good Savior. But you know, the word had gotten out. They were excited that Jesus had showed up. I wonder what it would be like today if he walked in some churches and walked right down the center aisle. I wonder if he could just walk all the way to the pulpit, or if if people would stop him right at the at the at the front door. And we've lost our excitement for that. People began to surround him, and I can just picture him there asking him questions and begging him for this and begging him for that and, and, and trying to just be near him, uh, almost like he's a celebrity, just trying to be close to him. And, and, and all of a sudden, you've got this, this one woman who has an issue of blood, and, 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 and you know what stands out about, me about uh, to me about her? She was brave enough to seek him. <laughs> she was brave enough to seek him. So brave... She got down on her hands and knees. Here's a woman that for 12 years has had an issue of blood. For 12 years she has sought doctors. You know what that tells me? She had the money to do it. She had the means to do it. She probably had fine clothes. She probably, everything about her was probably upper middle class. And here she is down on her hands and knees in the dirt, crawling amongst the crowd to try and reach Jesus. Does anybody know her name? I don't. The Bible doesn't give her name. You know what you ought to do? Just put your name in there. That'll help you with the story. Just insert your own name. You know, the devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. But the Lord knows your sin and he still calls you by your name. Amen. The woman, like many Christians today, she was dressed up on the outside, but she was very messed up on the inside. We're going to see as we look down through here that her issue was uh, on, the, on, on the inside, that it was something that no one else could see, that it was hidden, uh, that this was a personal, painful and a private issue. You know, our, that's, that, that's what our, our trials and tribulations and our pains, that's what they are. They're personal. Amen. No one knows uh, our pain. Folks see me all the time and they see, they see me from the outside and they see the things that I struggle with, but they have no clue what goes on on the inside. It's this man here. I, I have no idea what his pains and trials and troubles are, but to him they're very personal. You know, sometimes we're cold to each other when someone tells someone else that they're dealing with something and they're just kind of, oh, well, just give it to God and trust Him. Well, that's hard to do, ain't it? You know, sometimes it just do you good to go, hey, man, I'll be praying for you about that. Instead of trying to fix somebody's problems, just I'll be praying for you while you're crawling to Jesus. Instead of helping them up, just let them crawl on to Jesus. Amen? I like this woman. I I like her already. She's got determination. She's crawling in the ground. She's trying to do everything she can to get to Jesus. It means something to her. She knows if she can get to Him that something's going to happen. She doesn't know what's going to happen, but she knows that something's going to happen. And notice this. Jesus is on a mission. He's going on down here to Jairus' daughter to see her. She's just about sick. Just about dead. Look at verse 43 and 44. This was a touch of help. It says here, verse 43, And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, Neither could be healed of any. Came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issues of blood stanched. You know, some of uh, our biggest problems can be dealt with on our knees. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If, if you're uh, going to your doctor, if, listen, continue to do what your doctor says. I'm a firm believer in that. My doctor's telling me to deal with my high blood pressure. That's what I'm doing. I'm not so foolish to think that God didn't give us doctors that would help us. They are. But I'm not talking so much today about physical problems. I'm talking about spiritual problems. Problems between us and the Lord. And you'd almost be foolish to sit there and say, you know, me and the Lord's perfectly good. There's no problems between me and the Lord. What would do you better is just to go, Lord, would you expose my issues with you to me. Would you open me up, Lord? Would you cut away all of the flesh of the world and expose the real problem so it can be healed? This woman, she was reaching out for a touch of help, and she was reaching out in faith. And she spent all she had seeking worldly solutions and that's a lot of times that's what we do. Listen, as it was said today, this world's a mess. You'll never change it from the ballot box. You've got the president that God set up for you. You've got the government that God set up for you. But it's not about all that. It's about between you and God and the relationship that you live in with Him. Amen? Amen. This world is getting worse. It's not going to get better because we're getting close to the time that the Lord's going to come back. And so it's not going to get better. And so what we're supposed to be doing right now is trying to reach as many people for Jesus Christ as we can When I was in the nursing home ministry some years back, we had a man, his name was Jackie, and I would go and I'd see Jackie every single day. And Jackie would sit over there in that big green reclining chair and I'd go in and and I I would go in and I'd see him and I'd sit right next to him and I'd I'd take a Bible and I'd start going through the pages and I'd show him how he could be saved and I'd read all that stuff to him and, and I would try to lead him to the Lord and And uh, he just, every single time it would end with me just praying, hoping that Jackie would get saved, and he he wouldn't. We did that for three, by three years or so. And then uh, the Lord had called us to the mission field, and we were getting ready to go to New Mexico. And the last couple of months, I was really going to see Jackie all the time, as much as I possibly could, Uh, to try uh, just one last time for him to hear the gospel one last time because i knew that once we were out of there that was probably it he probably wasn't going to have much more of a chance now how much more could he have heard it we've been preaching for him for years i was just hoping one time he would let down that old guard he'd put down that old pride He'd just fall down, crawl on that dirt, and try to reach out there to Jesus. In the end, I wasn't even giving him the gospel anymore. In the end, I would go, wouldn't even go into his room. I'd go to his door, and I'd knock, and I'd look at him sitting in there at that green recliner, and I'd go, Jackie, receive or reject. That's what it had come to receive or reject. Receive Christ to reject him? He'd look down, pitiful. Well, I guess I'll just reject. I said, okay, I'll be back next week. But Jackie, we're getting ready to go to the mission field in New Mexico. One day we won't be back. One day we'll be out of here whether it by the grave or whether it be by the rapture, one day we'll, we'll be gone and this world won't have us to preach to them Jesus. But man, don't you want to just knock on that door and say to the world one more time, please, please just hear me one more time yeah, amen. with compassion. This woman had... Done all she could to seek a worldly solution. Job two four Satan's talking to the Lord, and uh, he's talking about Job, and he says, "Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life." And I've seen that. You know, I, I, I tell you, I, we've seen some folks. They get into the nursing home. They've had their home stripped away. Their spouse has died. Their dogs been given up or has passed on kids don't come to see him just about every bit of their worldly goods that they've got is in memories on pictures on the walls this was the lake house we used to go to this was the boat my husband had this was my kids when they were little it's all gone it's all been stripped away and now now they're ready to hear about jesus You know, sometimes that's what happens in life when things start happening in your life. It's the Lord stripping things away from you to try and deal with you because these other things are distractions in your life. For 12 years, she struggled looking for a worldly solution. And now on his way to see Jairus' daughter, she's crawling in the dirt. What a holy place to be, down on your hands and knees in the dirt, crawling to Jesus. How humbling do you think that was? Mark chapter 8, verse 36, you don't have to turn there. It says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If the Lord shows up, you have to be ready to give up some stuff. She was ready. You know, Jarius was ready. Jarius was ready to give up some stuff to get to Jesus.
0: Yeah.
1: He was prominent. People looked up to him. He sat in the synagogue, he was leader of the synagogue. And now here he is with Jesus. He's ready to give up his reputation for that. That's how much he wanted to see his daughter saved. This woman, uh, she came to Jesus prepared to worship. Did you come this morning prepared to worship? Turn right there. You don't have to just, uh, on my Bible, you don't have to turn back. But right there in Luke chapter uh, chapter 8, uh, look at verse 26, and uh, Luke, Luke 8, 26. And what you've got here is you've got uh, Jesus and the disciples. They've, they've come across the sea here, and uh, they land there in Gadara. And uh, verse 26 says, And they arrived at the country of uh, the Gardenians, uh, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. You know what I like about that? Even though he was full of devils, he was naked, and he was living up there in those caves with those dead bodies, As bad as his condition was, he ran down there to Jesus. I don't know what holds people back from running to Jesus. I hear people say all the time, I wish it was like the old days where you'd go to church, 25 people get saved on a Sunday. I wish it was like the old days when people would uh, run to Jesus when they had a problem. Instead of running to Facebook. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm dealing with my sister. She's drunk. Well, who are you telling? You telling everybody to pray for you? and are you telling on your sister? Run to Jesus. Preacher? Preacher, you're going to have to pray for old Bob. I saw him the other day. He's down outside a bar smoking. I'm not telling on him. I just think he needs prayer. All right, y'all figure that out yourself. You know, good health doesn't always mean that you're happy, it doesn't. I met a woman uh, years ago in the nursing home. Her name was Kay, and uh, she was saved when she was 14 years old. And by the time we met her, she was uh, in a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair, and she was crippled up, just, just crippled up, little tiny woman, just crippled up. She said, when I was about 35, she said, I got MS. And she said, I was... Not in church. She says, I was away from the Lord. She said, in fact, I hadn't prayed in many, many years. And she said, but then my health started to deteriorate. And she said, you know, I got back in touch with the Lord. And she goes, I thank God for my condition. Yeah. Here's this, I, I, I sat there and bawled the whole time she told me. Here's this little woman all crippled up, living in a nursing home. And she's praising God for the condition she's in. Because she said, ever since I've been sick, me and the Lord have been real close. The Bible says that tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh understanding. And understanding worketh hope. Now, don't panic. But I told a church not too long ago, I said, if you want hope... Maybe you ought to pray for tribulation. But when it comes, run to Jesus with it. Amen? Amen. She reached out. Her touch was for a, 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 a touch of help. You know, I'm not just talking about physical sickness here. I'm, I'm talking about the sickness of sin. And amongst Bible-believing Christians, one of the hardest things to do is to get folks to think about their sin because they don't see oftentimes their own sin. What they see is what they... Uh, the, the perception that they've made for the outside world to see... Uh, God had said, to, you know, told David, "I don't look on the outside; I look on the inside. I look on the heart." Right? Yeah. You, you folks, we look on the outsides of each other, and so we try and dress ourselves up to be presentable to each other. What we think a Christian should look like, we don't examine our own hearts, and often find out because we we don't drink, and we don't smoke, and we're not homosexual, and we don't. Do all those other things because we don't do all those other things, we think that we're above and beyond sin. But most of our sins aren't fleshly sin, most of our sins are spiritual sins idolatry, pride, envy, deceit, bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. I tried for many years to get rid of some bitterness I had. Bitterness that I let get there. Bitterness I let come in. And thought that I was religiously or spiritually right to let that bitterness come in. That's how deceived I was with that. And I let it come in as a little tiny seed and get into my heart and it started to grow and wrap itself around my heart to the point to where you couldn't even see my heart, all you could see is that bitterness. And you know what comes with that? Self-righteousness. Now, in the situation that I was in, I was right. But I was wrong in the sense of the way I let bitterness come in and hold the grudge that I held. You know what I found out? When the time came to get rid of that bitterness, I couldn't shake it. It was there. It was a part of me. It had become a part of me. It had wrapped itself around my heart, and it was going nowhere. I had to go to the altar and pray, Lord, remove this bitterness. And before I'd get back to my seat, it would rear its ugly head again. I would cry and beg and plead and do everything I could to get that to be gone. And finally, I had to just say, Lord, you're going to have to remove it. You're going to have to cut it out of me. I just can't. And I fell down on my hands and knees and I crawled through that dirt just to reach out to touch the hem of his garment and say, you're going to have to remove it. I've tried everything else. And he did. It was supernatural. It was. Godly surgery. Removing that from my heart. But Boy, I had to humble myself. To get it. To get it going. Look at verse 46 and 47. uh, 46 and 48. Uh, Not only was it a touch of faith. It was a. Uh, look I'm sorry verse 45 it was a touch of healing not only a touch of faith but a touch of healing and Jesus said who touched me and when all denied Peter and they that were with him said master the multitude thronged thee and and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me I never understood this verse because first of all Peter should have just said well okay Lord (laughs) He should have understood who he was dealing with by now. Peter was still learning. Verse 46, and Jesus said, somebody have touched me. Jesus knows. He knew who it was. He wanted them to come forward. Amen? Amen. I perceive the virtue has gone out of me. The Bible says that uh, her issue was stanched, staunched. It means it was completely stopped. It was extinguished. Not only was her touch of, uh, it was a touch of healing, but it was, there was a, reef, a, a reach of refuge, a resting place. There's comfort in, in Christ. There's comfort when you get close to the Lord like that and you put all of your worries and all of your troubles in His hands and you're able to go, I can't do anything else about it. Miss Yocum and I kind of have a thing that we do now. We've had to learn to do this. Uh, when, when trials and tribulations, especially on the road, come by, we go, is there anything we can do to fix it? Nope. Then we're going to not worry about it. We're going to put it in the hands of the Lord. That's good practice. Listen, that makes a good habit. We talked about putting a wall around your habits today. That's a habit you should have, a habit of being able to put something in God's hands and trusting Him with it. You know, anxiety today is above and beyond anything that, any time in history anybody's ever seen anxiety amongst people like they see today. Everybody has anxiety about everything. You know what that comes from is a lack of faith. Now, I'm preaching, y'all can leave, I'm preaching still to me. Because I know me. And I know what my anxieties are over. And a lot of times the Lord are going, why are you suffering with this? Put it in my hands and go on. You can't do anything about it anyway. If you can fix it, fix it. If you've got somebody in your life that is just grinding you and grinding you and grinding you, now remove it. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, your wife made the mashed potatoes lumpy, and so you're getting rid of her. My wife doesn't make lumpy mashed potatoes. My wife doesn't make mashed potatoes because it shoots my blood sugar through the roof. So you get what I'm saying? You know who I'm talking about. If you've got things in your life that are just grinding you. Not too long ago, my dad stopped watching Fox News. You know what he said? I couldn't take it anymore. He said, I'd get up in the morning before I would uh, go to work. And he said, I'd watch about 30 minutes of that. And he said, by the time I got to the car, he said, I was sick to my stomach. And he said, I never could figure out why. And he said, then I stopped watching it. And he said, amazingly, I feel great. You can't do anything about it. Put it in God's hands and go on. The thinking of the day was that this woman, being unclean, when she touched Jesus, it would make him unclean. But you know what? That's, it's just the opposite. Because of the holiness of the Lord and the power of God, she was made whole and she was restored. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, and by that I mean, you have number one, you've never understood that you're a sinner... And in a step of faith, you've never stepped out and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Would you save me? Unclean. I'm unclean. Would you just save me, Lord? You don't make him unclean. He washes you clean.
0: Yeah, amen.
1: Listen. Don't leave here today without Jesus Christ. Don't make it another day. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't know where Jackie's at. I hope he got saved. But why wait all that time? Just receive. Listen. If you're here today and you're lost and you want to get saved, come talk to me before we leave. Just crawl through the dirt. Just crawl to Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, you'll never regret it. Brother, I have never in my life ever met anybody that said, I regret the day I got saved. Mm-hmm. I've never met nobody like that. I've never done it. I've never met anybody that has said, the day I met Jesus was the worst day of my life. I've heard him say, the day I met Jesus was the worst day of my life Then I met Jesus, and it all changed. But I've never heard people say my relationship with Jesus was the downfall of me. This was a whole thing for this woman. Keep in mind while all this is going on, you got Jarius over there wringing his hands. What is he doing? Why has he stopped? What what are you I thought we were going to my I thought we were going to my house. What what are you doing? What do you mean somebody touched the hem of your garment? What I mean, what about me? What about me and my problems? Why are we dealing with the him? You ever been there? Lord, I need an answer now. Lord, I need healed now. Lord, I need prayer answered now. Lord, you got to intervene now. Hey, I've been the woman on the ground crawling to touch the hem of his garment. And I've been Jairus over there going,
0: what in the world?
1: Yeah. We're just about done. We had a, a touch of faith. We had a touch of healing. And now look at verse 46. We have a touch of honor. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. She came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared unto him, before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. She was so private and hidden about her issue of blood because she knew she knew in those days how she would be perceived as unclean filthy she knew how they would treat her and so she hid that and she but now she'd been healed of it and she was she wasn't going to hide it anymore she came forward to say i was once a sinner Wash me clean. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God He was here this day. Jarius, I know you're in a hurry. Thank God He was here. Look what He says to her. He says this. He says, And He said unto her daughter, Daughter, this woman was called unclean she was called undesirable she was called unwanted but now she's called daughter now she's called family now she's called kinsman I was alienated from God at one time my sin alienated me from God I was lost I was headed for hell I was alienated from the love of God and Jesus Christ came and He saved me and He washed my sins away. Mm. Washed them away. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when God looked at me, He didn't say I was alien. He didn't call me an enemy anymore. You know what He called me? Son. Son. Family. Amen. Family. Adopted into that Wonderful, miraculous, saving grace of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if you're here today, you need Jesus Christ. We're just about done. Now, I want you to look down through here because... I don't want to leave Jairus' daughter where she's at. The Lord hasn't forgotten about Jairus' daughter. He's dealing with Jarius on some things. I think he's dealing with him on some patience. I think, to be honest with you, Jarius was not the kind of man to ever wait for anything. I think Jarius kind of snapped his fingers and things started, just happened. But now here he is waiting in the street. Waiting on Jesus. And here's what I think. I think as the woman comes forward and she's interacting with the Lord Jesus Christ and he sees the tears of joy running down her face and her family starts to gather around her and talk about her being healed and being restored and how the virtue is in her. I think Jerry is just focused on that. And I think he stops dealing with or stops thinking about his own daughter and starts thinking about his own heart. He loves his daughter, but he knows his heart's in need too. And I think Jarius goes, I need that. Right away, I think he says, my daughter needs that, but I think he says, I need that. You ever been in a meeting? You ever seen that where you look over and someone's just crying? And you know it's tears of joy. They're just praising God quietly over there. And you think to yourself, I need that kind of fellowship. I need to meet with the Lord like that. Look at verse 49, 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, that daughter is dead.
0: <laughs>
1: Trouble not the master. She's dead, Jarius. He's not going to be able to do anything from here on out. Come on home and we'll start preparing for the funeral. But look at this. See that word? But. I like that word, but. The acronym for but, I've made it, better understand this. Every time you see that but in the Bible, just think, better understand this. God's getting ready to say something important. Yeah. Verse 49, he says, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master, but when Jesus heard it, nothing gets, nothing gets by him. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And we came into the house. He suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn I've never understood why we do that with the Lord. Where we go to Him knowing that He's the only one that can help us and then when the possibility of of a miracle happens, we laugh about it and think there's just no way. It says they laugh Him to scorn knowing that she is dead. And He put them all out and took her by the hand and called saying, Maiden, arise. And her spirit came again and She arose straightway and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. In verse 49 we see all worldly hope is lost. In verse 50. But Jesus calms the storm and and he settles the sea. If you're here today and you're in the midst of a storm, maybe you only know about the storm. That's okay. Lord knows you're in the midst of a storm. Today would be a good day to take that storm to Him. Today would be a good day to say, you know, Lord, I want to talk to you about some sin I got. I know it's affecting my fellowship with you. Lord, I'd just like to reach out and turn it over to you. Or maybe you need healed. Not just physically, but maybe you need healed spiritually. Now would be a good time to reach out to him and just touch the hem of his garment. It's a reach of faith. Just reach out. I'm going to pray and maybe we can have every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe just take a few moments and maybe just let the Lord come in and walk up and down the corridors of our heart and just examine us. Give him just a few minutes to tell us what's wrong with us. And then for us to surrender to have Him help us. While we're all praying, I just one more time, if there's one person here lost, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that I'm here preaching this message. It's not a coincidence that you're here. The Lord showed up and He's calling for you today.